uh, some of you didn't even know I was here, but a couple weeks ago, my wife and I got to come to the school here and spend some time with the students, uh, 7th through 10th grade, and talk with them a little bit about Pensacola Christian College, and that was a wonderful time. We really enjoyed ourselves there, and it's wonderful to be back. It's been an awesome time, taking the team especially. Uh, this is my wife and I's first time with a full team going out in the summer, so uh, rather than just being the two of us, now the seven of us, uh, things have changed. But it's really wonderful. We've really enjoyed our time. We love our team. And I'm thankful for the songs and for the way that they've been able to minister. Uh, some of the things that they said and sang actually go uh, right along with the message tonight. And that, that was not planned, okay? I, I, I did not know the songs when I was preparing this message. Uh, but we'll be in Psalm, Psalm 42 tonight. Psalm 42. And actually, one of the verses that Chloe mentioned tonight is, is one of our key verses. So uh, that was unreal, figuring that out tonight. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting into this. Psalm 42. So if you've got it there, we're going to be starting in verse 1, and we will be reading the entirety of the psalm. So uh, buckle in, we'll read the whole thing, and then uh, dive into the meaning and see what we can get from it. So Psalm 42, verse 1 says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Let's pray before we begin. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in this church tonight. I'm thankful for the people and their friendliness and the welcome um, that we've found coming here. I pray that this message would be a blessing. I'm so thankful for this passage and the way it has worked on my heart um, these last, <laughs> this last little bit, Lord. I'm, I'm very thankful. I pray that it would do the same here and that you would speak through me and not allow any words to pass through my mouth that should not pass, but only ones uh, that you have that you would, like to, you would like for the ears to hear tonight, Lord, Lord Jesus. Be with us all. In your name we pray, amen. Have you ever heard someone say something that almost seemed like a contradiction uh, in and of itself? I have a couple examples, uh, just to give you an idea. Something like, I'm not going to tell you I told you so. Of course I can keep secrets. It's the people I tell them to that can't keep them. Uh, may I ask a question? 
Sometimes the English language, as weird as it is, uh, can come up with these little contradictions in the sayings that we have, as well as even just two words put together uh, that put together really don't make sense. All right, so I wrote down a couple of those as well. Something like, uh, I'm on a heavy diet until my wedding day. I'll ask him for his unbiased opinion. Now then, uh, good grief. Or, this is one of my favorites, this is kind of cynical. Express mail. There's, there's a bunch of them, all right? Uh, think, it's kind of funny when you put some of those together. But I'd submit that sometimes uh, those contradictions happen with, in ourselves, too. Uh, just in the way that we live. In what's going on within our minds and the way that we act. Uh, that can happen. There's this contradiction of mind and heart at times. What our mind is thinking and what our souls, what, what, our, what our bodies, what our actions actually perform. I think we've seen that more than ever uh, in, in this past year. As, as different people think a certain thing but act in a completely different way. Uh, and this, this honestly can have uh, positive and negative effects. Honestly, uh, the way you're thinking and how it affects how you act, it can have a positive attribute. But if it's negative, it can go the opposite way. This honestly may be a little confusing, uh, the way these contradictions, uh, the, way, the way it all comes together. Uh, so hopefully going through this passage can be a little bit of a help. Uh, I think that there is a specific contradiction of mind and heart in regards to the presence of God in our lives at times. And this is something that the psalmist struggles with and something that we will walk through together. I want you all to know tonight, God wants you to believe what you know to be true. First, you ought to know what he wants you to know, uh, but then know that to be true. Believe what you know to be true. And that's the simple call. Uh, I, I think, honestly, uh, this is something that, that many struggle with, again, uh, often today. So the, the two things that we'll focus on tonight are know the truth. Simple, simple first point there, know the truth, and then believe the truth. So the first portion, know the truth. Now, there are a few things that I think in this passage we see uh, that God wants us to know, uh, that God wants us to know for sure within our lives. Now, I would imagine that uh, on a Sunday evening service in a Baptist church, I, I imagine most of us know these truths. We know that they are true, both in existence in our lives and such, but oftentimes they're hard to put into action. Uh, regardless of whether or not you know them, we should look through them, see, uh, see what exactly it is that we should know. The first one, first truth we'll look at, is the fact that you need God. You need God. We all need God. Uh, verse 1 and 2, let's look at those again. It says, as the, t as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? So the psalmist mentions a heart, or a deer, all right? We, we know the song, As the Deer. Uh, the, the deer is very thirsty and goes and finds the, the water books, all right? It has gotten to this point where it is thirsty enough to where it is panting, all right? Uh, hey, listen, that, that's the way that we ought to be for God. We need God just as the deer needs water, just as we need water. God is the ultimate priority, the greatest necessity that we have in life. We need him more than anything else, more than food, more than water, more than clothing, more than even rest. We need God more than anything else, and there is no negotiation with that. Psalm 63.1 says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Again, God is the greatest priority that we ought to have in life. Now the deer, he was panting, uh, panting for the water. And I would pray uh, that as we thirst for God and seek God above all else, that we would not get to the point where we've gone so long without him 
that we end up panting, that we're like, hey, where is God? You know, I need him right now. Hey, he's always there. We can know that God is there and that we need him. The second truth that we can look at is that only God is enough. Only God is enough. Verse 3 and 4 says again, My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day. Psalm 85 as well. It says, Thou feedest them with the bread of tears and givest them tears to drink in great measure. This is like this diet of tears, all right? This is, it's almost like the psalmist is, is he's feeding upon his own emotions. And, and that is, that's not going to be enough. There's nothing within yourself that you can find that will be sufficient for the things that you face on a daily basis, for the different temptations, the trials and troubles that may come upon you. They won't be enough. Uh, Whatever comes from in yourself, whatever comes from others as well, uh, whether family and friends, it won't be enough for what you need. I've seen that statement sometimes, you know, you are enough, you're enough. You just got to find within yourself what you need for a daily basis, and that is not what we find in the Bible at all. We are not enough. Without God, we have nothing. Without God, there's nothing that can carry us on for the rest of our lives through the various circumstances that we've seen. Only God is enough. Only God is enough to to help all the emotional pain that we go through, all the the mental pain, even the physical pain uh, that we face. Only God is enough. This is a testimony, this is an example, I think, that we ought to show to others as well. Psalm 79.10 says, Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is their God? Let him be known among the heathen in our sight by the revenging of the blood of thy servants, uh, which is shed. You know, uh, oftentimes uh, others, the, the others that, that are watching uh, in, in the world may, may ask, you know, hey, where, where is their God? They're not, they're not acting like they have a God. They claim to be so, but uh, because they're, they're so focused on, on what's within themselves, it doesn't even seem like that's, that's a part of their lives. We don't, we don't want that kind of testimony. Uh, Job, he, 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 struggled, um, he struggled in particular with this for a while uh, as, as he was facing a great amount of pain. Uh, Job 30, 16 says, And now my soul is poured out upon me. The days of affliction have taken hold upon me. He just showed, I mean, everything came out in his life. And there, was no bit of, uh, there was no bit of emotion or thoughts that were within himself that were, were a secret at that point. Everything, everything had come out. And that's what happens when you, when you see this, this, this verse pouring out, uh, pouring out what's in you. You are not enough without God. God is the greatest need uh, that we all need to have. We need to go out and grab hold of, of God's existence, his presence. Take hold upon it and allow that to be the greatest security and presence and shield in our lives through every circumstance. I want to note, too, that uh, it... Even the good acts that we do won't fulfill what we need on a daily basis. The psalmist notes in, in verse 4 that you know, he, was, he was going with other believers and, and giving out voices of joy and praise. He's praising, he's praising God and, and going, uh, going with these other believers. But even that, I mean, when even, even coming to church uh, won't fulfill what you need if, if God's not a part of it. It's possible to do a good act to, to help somebody or to do something that God would like you to do without God being a part of it. That ought not be the case for us. I pray that all of us, uh, when we're doing something that God wants us to do, would allow God to be the greatest importance in that. Because only God is enough. The next truth is to hope in God. Hope in God. Another truth that we ought to know is 
hope in God, the hope that comes uh, that God can provide and the hope that we need within him. Verse 5 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So here's, I think, where we see the, the contradiction start to happen. You know, he, he's, the, the psalmist is struggling with the presence of God. He's, he's struggling, you know, where is God? He continues to ask that. And then he, he tells himself. It's almost like he's telling his own emotions, his soul. Why art thou cast down? You know God is here. God is in existence. He's here. You know this. Hope in God. This hope that we see in the Bible is not like the, the flimsy hope that we play around with today. It's not, it's not like, man, I really hope this is going to happen. I, it's not a wish. Hope is a confident expectation. The biblical hope is confidence. Confidence in God. Hope in God. Have confidence in God. Trust in him. Trust in his presence. This is something the psalmist needed to do. And it's something we need to do as well. Listen, uh, oftentimes the, the thoughts that we end up, or excuse me, uh, the emotions that we have in our lives can end up greatly influencing uh, the thoughts that we have. You see this in a large number of ways. I read a book not too long ago that gave the example of uh, people who struggle with smoking. So uh, someone that's trying to get over the habit of smoking. They gave some testimonies of uh, some smokers that were actively trying to get rid of the habit uh, that the way they chose to get over it was instead of saying, I'm really trying to get over this habit. I'm really trying to no longer be a smoker. Instead of that, they started to tell themselves, hey, I'm just not a smoker. I don't smoke. I'm not the, I'm not the kind of person who, who struggles with that habit. And when they started telling themselves that, when they started saying, I'm just not that kind of person, they ended up stopping. That's, that's kind of crazy, but that was the testimony of many individuals, and that's the way the mind works sometimes, as interesting as that is. Uh, when we continue to tell ourselves something, oftentimes we end up believing it, and, and, and that, can be, that can have negative attributes, and that can have very good and positive attributes, and when it comes to our hope in God, that's something that we ought to have. Hey, listen, we may struggle, our thoughts may struggle, uh, our emotions may struggle with not feeling God's presence at every moment in time, not knowing that he's always there, which he is. We got hope in God. Say, realize the present, or realize the situation that we're in. If we are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have been saved, God has imputed His righteousness upon you. All of that is upon you. You are no longer, uh, you're no longer a slave to fear. You're no longer a slave to sin. Instead, uh, you are free. You're righteous. You're clean. You are as beautiful and clean uh, in God's eyes as Jesus Christ. That is amazing. Live like that. Live in reality of that. Realize that you can live like Jesus Christ. You can live in that, in that cleanliness, in that righteousness. It's something you, you need to hope in, have that confidence in. These are a couple truths. Hey, listen, uh, know, know that God is there. Know, know that God is the only one that's enough. Know that uh, we should hope in God and eliminate that contradiction between mind and heart where we tell her we don't believe God is there. We have a hard time believing he's there, even though that we know that he's there. Listen, we know these truths, so let's believe them. Let's believe them. It's interesting seeing the, the story, the, the progression of the psalmist. We'll look, at, uh, we'll look at a couple other verses here in a moment, a couple of the remembrances that he started to have. One quote I found as I was studying this passage said, the way to forget our miseries is to remember the God of our mercies. That was wonderful. All right, it's a, it's a wonderful way to put it. And, and you start to see the psalmist do that. When he realizes, hey, listen, I know God is there, but I'm having a hard time feeling it. 
having a hard time living in light of God's presence, he began to remind himself of a couple things. So we see a couple remembrances in this passage. Verse 6 says, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. This first remembrance, I, I think we see, remember what God has done for you. The psalmist started to remember some of the things that God had done. And not only in his life, but in the life of the history of, of his people. Uh, the, the, what he's done in the past. And we can do the same. Hey, listen, we can do the same. We have so much to see uh, that God has done in the Bible. Uh, so many things that we can say, hey, thank God for that. Thank you for what he's done. But not only in the Bible, for the church as well. The fact that the church is in the place that it's in today, where we can come together and worship freely, are able to come and, and spend time with other believers and do so without fear uh, that others are going to come take us down for it. Hey, that's a wonderful wonderful blessing, something that we can remember and thank God for. Not only that, but our personal lives as well. Hey, sometimes you may struggle thinking of something that you can thank God for. Hey, you know, maybe circumstances are tough enough in your life that it's, it's hard to think of, circ or, or of something that you can say, hey, thank you, God. Praise God for this. But let me tell you, if you're here tonight, uh, you have uh, clothes to wear. Uh, you're in an air-conditioned building. There's a water fountain pretty close. All right, you got water. We have, we've got a lot to thank God for, even in the toughest of circumstances circumstances. In times where you struggle to remember that God is with you, that he's ever present and existing in your life, remember what he's done for you. Make that a remembrance in your life. A second remembrance. Remember that God is still working on you. Verse 7 says, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. So the psalmist here, he's almost, he's referring to part of the creation of God. The waves, the billows, they're gone over me. Hey, listen, God, some of what you've created is, is oppressing me. Some of the things that, you've, that you have in this world are causing some pain in my life. But there's a realization that God has it in control. If these are things that God has created, God has it in control. God has your life in control, and even if circumstances are tough, God knows what he's doing. He has it all in his hands, and he is working it perfectly in, in his will in the way that he plans for you. God is working on you. Whatever you may be facing in life, God is using it. Even though we may not see immediately how, God is using whatever circumstances you're going through in life. Hey, I love the, the story, and I'm sure many of you have heard it, the story of Horatio Spafford, uh, the author or the, the writer of uh, It Is Well With My Soul, uh, that hymn, and the life that he had to go through. Uh, lost all four of his daughters in a boat accident. Uh, lost all of his estate at one point. So much had happened in his life, yet he wrote, It Is Well With My Soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way. Hey, listen, it is well with my soul. When sorrow and sea billows roll. Very similar language to this. It is well. Amazing, amazing example and testimony that he, that man had. Let us have the same. Let's remember that God is still working on us even through the tough circumstances that we may face. A third remembrance. Remember that God can provide for you. Verse 8 says, Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. In the daytime, 
Hey, when things are going well, God's loving kindness is clear to us. We have a lot to thank God for. We know that God is providing for us his wonderful loving kindness and the blessings that he brings us in life. And in the night, hey, listen, even when things aren't as clear, when we can't see as clearly ahead as to what's happening, we can't see as clearly as to the blessings that God is bringing us, his song is still with us. We can still praise God. We know that he is still the same regardless of how much everything else changes. God is still the same. And it, that's, that's a great thing to praise him for, to have joy and praise through, again, any circumstance. Deuteronomy 28.8 says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. God blesses, he provides with what you need as long as you are obeying, staying within his will, doing what you need or what he needs you to do. God can provide, he will provide in the blessings that he has. And then even in the night, still providing uh, whatever you need in, in every circumstance. A fourth remembrance Two more here. Fourth remembrance, remember that God is still present when troubles come to you. Still there. Uh, Verses 9 and 10. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? When you start to remember some of these things, when, when, you, when you begin to believe what you already know to be true, God's presence, uh, his, his sufficiency, troubles will still come. Listen, uh, things, things are still tough. Uh, enemies will still come against you. Uh, I'm sure every single one of you could tell me a story of this past year about a struggle that you had uh, with the great amount of things uh, that the entire world was going through, something that you particularly faced that was tough. Or that, excuse me, that was tough. But listen, God is present through all of those troubles. Remember that he is still present when those troubles come. I remember uh, 1 Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Listen, when hard times come, when you face a certain trouble or temptation, that does not mean that God is punishing you for something. It doesn't mean that God has left you and has forsaken you and said, here's all this pain that you deserve because, uh, because of this particular thing. Uh, no, listen, God is still present during all those times. Uh, he has not forsaken you. God has not forgotten you. He's still there through every bit of trouble that you may face. Our last remembrance tonight, remember that God is your God. God is your God. Verse 11 is very similar to verse 5, but there's a, there's a bit of a difference in some of the language at the end. Verse 11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance, and my God. So a bit of a difference here. Verse 5 says, uh, praise him for the help of his countenance. And then verse 11 says, who is the health of my countenance and my God? The countenance, that's, that speaks of God's presence. All right, the, the presence of God. Health speaks of life. Uh, life, the life of my, of my presence and my God. God is the health of my presence and my God. You see a difference here. Uh, a change from, hey, listen, I'm, I'm thankful that God is there. I'm thankful uh, that I can I'm thankful that he can help me uh, with being here. A change from just saying God is helpful to, hey, listen, God is the entire reason uh, that I'm able to live. God is the entire reason uh, that I'm able to do what I can do. And God is my God. He's my personal God. And that's the case for all of us. And that is a great reason to thank him, to know that God's presence is not just to help. It is the very reason we're alive. Uh, we're, remember these, remember these things. 
Keep in mind these various remembrances. Look in this passage and remember, no, believe the things that you know to be true. As tough as it may be. This contradiction of mind and heart, it can happen at times. And we see it through various walks of life. And there may be times as things get tough, uh, or maybe even on the other side, when things are good. It can happen as well. When things are going extremely well, where we just forget God is there in that time too, thinking that everything is attributed to ourself. Whether things are good or bad, know, believe the things that you are to know. God wants you to believe what you know to be true. These truths that we see in the Bible, believe them. Hope in them. Have that confidence in them. And just flourish. Love the presence and the the many promises that God gives us. Through every situation, eliminate the contradiction between mind and heart and your life. Know that God's there. He's not forgotten you. He's not forsaken you. He is always there. And in every single way in your life, he can affect you. He can help you through everything, more so uh, than any other situation, more than any other person, especially more than ourselves. Let's remember, God wants you to believe what you know to be true. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for, again, the opportunity to be in church tonight. I love Sunday evening services, the, the closeness that we're able to have with other believers, and I'm thankful, so thankful that you've allowed us to meet I pray that we would remember the truths that you've set before us in your wonderful word of your presence, Lord God, and that they would just litter our life, that we would remember constantly uh, what you've done for us, how you can help us, how you've provided for us in every area of life, and eliminate any any contradiction our mind and heart might have. Instead, fully believe uh, what you've told us and what, what we know to be true. In your name we pray, amen.